listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast, exploring all things on the Great British Baking Show with your hosts, Alison Roche and Lisa Vukmirovic. Today we give you part two of our conversation with Ian Cumming, a finalist in the Great British Bake Off season three on Netflix. Ian was kind enough to chat with us for over an hour. This is part two. So take it away, Alison. Yeah, you men- awesome. you mentioned your uh, Victorian pie. Can we talk about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can't find lovage in your local supermarket, are you able to find these game birds? And I think you used four. Pigeon types and of- things like Did that. You use- yeah, I know you had so- so, uh, so long story, long story with that one. Um, so, okay. So uh, earlier on, I mentioned I took a risk in the interview. Basically, that that risk was, you know, I I kind of got to the stage where I met the got to meet the casting director. So I was clearly, you know, I'd got a reasonable way, and um, she said to me, "Okay, and what can you bring to Bake Off that's different?" And I said, da 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 da. And also, I'd really like to see Paul and Mary eat a roadkill pie on television. And she was like, oh, no one said that before. <laughs> so, fast forward many, many weeks. And, of course, Game Pie came up as one of the challenges. You're like, blimey, this, this is the, the bait that was made for me. Um, so, um, yeah, so, but anyway, so the pie was, uh, I mean, it was bacon, some bacon and some sausage meat from the local butchers. But then also it was, uh, I mean, for the practice bakes, it was genuinely, genuinely roadkill from around here. So mostly venison. Um, then uh, what else did I try? Some partridge, some pheasants. And then um, I'm trying to remember what else went in it. But then ultimately what happened was literally when I was just about to go down to the tent, one of our one of our own guinea fowl got whacked on the road. Um, <laughs> luckily, nothing too bad. I was like, "Oh well," um, and I have to say, I'm so glad it went in there because it was so much tastier than the tough old pheasants. Um, so it was like, "Sorry, guinea, I'm sorry you died." <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> We're so American. Yeah. We're so American because uh, I think Lisa, we discussed this before on and off, and just. We both, um, you know, we, we're over here. We're so picky and fussy ultimately and don't use the whole animal. But I think that what mm-hmm. is kind of striking me is, okay, using an animal that was killed on the road, that's one thing. But you have to process that, Ian. So you are like a next level, right? You're skinning <laughs> and gutting and doing all the, the yeah, grotesque yeah. It's a pretty, pretty grisly business, and I take you know I really genuinely don't take any pleasure in it. Um, I mean, since since then I've found a friend who who goes out and sort of shoots deer fairly regularly, so he gives them to me, and it's like that's a bit nicer, a bit easier. Um, <laughs> yes. But it did sort of it did strike me. It's like it's such a kind of waste. You've got this, you know, this nice meat that you know. And I'm not talking about stuff that's been pancaked, but you know, stuff that's clearly, clearly fresh and in good condition. You're like, well, actually, that's a good meal. So that's kind of how it started. And it, it just felt like a very good sort of environmental, environmentally friendly thing to do. And, uh, and when it was interesting, I gave a, gave a, a very small interview to a, a US-based environmental organization about a year before Bake Off. 
Um, and, you know, that sort of just did that and nothing came of it. And, but then when Bake Off came along, then it all came back out the woodwork and sort of some of the, the, the press over here picked up on it. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's something that, um, yeah, if I found in a good condition, I might have still a lot of venison in the fridge, but if I freeze it, but if I found a sort of good, I don't know, hair or something like that, then I would, um, yeah, I would pick it up still. And, I'm sorry, um, I have to ask, it. how does one know if it's <laughs> You know what I mean? Because we see an awful lot of roadkill. Both Allison and I live in, you know, heavily wooded areas and we see a lot of deer and rabbits and rabbits. Yeah. And how does one judge that without really yeah. getting in there? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, obviously here in the UK, it's a pretty, you know, a relatively crowded country. Um, so the roads are you know, relatively busy. Um, so, but, you know, if something's been there a while, chances are it's been there a long time, it would have been pancaked. Um, but often, I mean, things like the, the first hair I picked up and basically almost everything I picked up, it was, it was still warm. Okay. Um, okay. I'll give you that. Sitting in the, in the mid, midsummer sun, it was, uh, it was January. <laughs> that picked that up. So it was, um, yeah. so it was things like that, that would, um, I'd go on and it, it, it was very much sort of, you know, if it didn't, if in any way it didn't look right or didn't feel comfortable, just just leave it. Um, but if it, you know, was a nice one, right? Oh, well, that's, don't let it go. go to waste. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Mm-hmm. And this is this is, I mean, it kind of and that sort of waste side of thing, which is one of my real kind of missions in Bake Off, not to waste all the nice food that I was making. So, um, you know, though though there'd be, I don't know, goodness knows how many cheesecakes around, for example, um, I, I'd hardly ever throw them out, um, even if it meant that I'd kind of eat too many cheesecakes and kind of regret it. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, but I'm very much a sort of waste not, want not kind of person. I like that. I think that comes across for sure yeah. in the, yeah, in I the think show. So. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You need to get a pig. That's what we did. So we didn't well, have so much Oh, no. Yeah, no, that, that would, we did contemplate it for a while. I mean, yeah, my parents had a couple, and they were, they, they were quite entertaining to have around, mm-hmm. but um, just not quite a big enough garden for that at the moment. Mm. Got it. Got it. Lisa? Mm-hmm. Well, I have one of my big questions, because, like, I'm learning all these new techniques and um, <laughs> I keep asking Allison, should I ask him about this? Folding in, folding in. Right. Hmm. You overfolded your souffle, but on everything <laughs> else, you folded fine. I made a cake yesterday that had, yeah. you know, hmm. the flour and the sugar and then a big meringue. And then I had yeah. to fold it in. And I feel like I can't find that balance of of not deflating those egg whites without leaving bits of white in there. Do you have any tips for me or like what utensil I should use? They said a metal spoon, which I don't have. I yeah. I, I feel like I'm ruining my cake. It, it, it tasted fine, but I feel like it could have been fluffier. Do you have any tips? Yeah. It's an interesting one that. So I think what I, and I'm still kind of, I still kind of feel I'm learning that actually um, is a not to, it's getting the beating the egg whites to just the right amount. If you kind of overbeat them, then they're kind of too stiff to be able to two fold in. 
Um, so Maybe you will get I those did kind of that. Lumps. Maybe I did overbeak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of just like soft peak stage. And I, what I'm thinking is doing them in a couple of um, couple of goes. So putting in about half of them and folding them in, and then putting in the second half and folding those in. I so soft peaks might... instead of stiff peaks for cakes. Yeah, I I I think so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I make a lot of. Uh, what I think you call chiffon cakes. Uh-huh. So you separate the, the yolks and the white. Mm-hmm. And certainly that's, yeah, that's what I'm fi- I find. And also to use the, to, to fold those egg whites in straight away, because if you let them sit around, I kind of find they, they do almost kind of clump together and they're not so easy to fold. So okay. um, yeah, I mean, the kind of temptation might be to use, if you're trying to cut down the washing up, say, to use the electric whisk for the egg whites, put them to a side, and then do the rest of the cake with those same paddles. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think it'd be much better to wait to do the, um, the egg whites right at the end. So they're kind of freshly beaten and then folding them in. Um, okay. And do you use yeah. a special utensil for folding? I don't know. I just, I, I use a rubber spatula. Okay. So, uh, yeah, sort of a, you know, relatively thin, normal kitchen rubber spatula. And yeah, kind of figure of eight motions through it and then all the way around the bowl to try and get it all in and try and get those bits at the at the bottom of the bowl somehow that have hard you try, they always seem to miss it. And so I might pour some of it out and then notice there were some down the bottom, so then give them a little bit of an extra nudge around before and yeah, a bit more folding. Okay. And I've got to so, get back in the kitchen, yeah. I guess. <laughs> More cakes to be made yet, then, because you're good. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Say, Ian, when you made um, your creme brulees, uh, oh, yes. you, made yeah. them, mm. you made them two ways, but you did something that I thought was really innovative, and I wanted to know if that was your idea or if you had picked it up somewhere along the line. You did, you caramelized your sugar first and then blitzed it up and then yeah. added on top of your creme brulee. Was that your original idea? I- no, I can't claim credit for that one. I wish I could. Um, a friend, uh, friend told me about it, and it turns out it's sort of in the kind of professional chefy world. It's quite a sort of common, common idea. Um, but it's um, yeah, I thought it was. It's the, I mean, it's interesting. Since then, I made lo- I make loads of caramel. Um, you know, uh, I mean, it's sort of, I'll literally end up making it a good couple of times a week um, these oh, days, wow. and it's kind of one. Of the, feels like a sort of specialist thing of mine um but um so faced with the challenge again i, I probably would think of it but at th- that time no but yeah a friend told me about it it's like, thank you <laughs> okay one more thing i have to ask when you're making something for your family do you ever purchase phyllo and puff pastry do you ever purchase those things um phyllo pastry yes i do yes. i've never made phyllo pastry i have never made that one <laughs> have you i did it was a it was wow. during during lockdown and i went for it and i'll never do it again ian never. <laughs> yeah i think they did it the year before me i think didn't they and it was just, is that the one you have to really kind of stretch it out like yes, over a whole and it table tears so easily but what about the puff oh. pastry it seemed it's just so easy to buy and unfold and bake yeah it is isn't it and it's it's funny i mean some of the classes i'm teaching at the moment uh in fact i'm doing one on saturday night with puff pastry and um but it is so yeah sure it is it's much easier 
but it is rather lovely homemade stuff and you can put butter in it and so like the one i'm doing saturday night it, it's not uh 100 flour but it's sort of i don't know like 80 90 flour and then a bit of icing sugar in there as well so you can kind of flavor the mm. flavor or sweeten up the puff pastry um to go with it as you know to make it more suitable i think for for a sweet dish um so yes it's a faff but it's super satisfying <laughs> to do it and that is on my bucket list for you in the US? it's on my bucket is it? right list. okay i mean right i mean the method i'm doing you kind of get um put the butter in the freezer for an hour or so and then grate it on there and it's a very quick way of doing it so um you can kind of do the whole process within within an hour or so so it's it's not too bad okay um, i'll take your word for it yeah. <laughs> it just seems to be the yeah. undoing no, I, 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 of so many people yeah it is isn't it yeah and it's funny i mean that's kind of part of the reason why i said i really didn't like volivants because that was puff pastry but it was a, it was a really complicated way of doing it and now i just think Oh, I could I could easily do that, um, and I could do it so easily within the time limit. But at that point, oh, it was just dreadful <laughs> way I had to fold it. Yeah, I had to fold it six times, and but I lost count. I only folded it five times mm -hmm. um, in the show. But that kind of worked to my favour. So they were they weren't very high, but because they weren't rising far, they didn't rise and then fall over. They just right. rose half the height. So mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those lucky. Lucky screw-ups that worked in right. my favour. But the, but the other thing, good thing about making homemade puff pastry is, I mean, I don't know about in the US, but certainly in the UK, it's quite difficult to get hold of buttery puff pastry. Um, you, you kind of have to make more, much more of an effort to get the buttery stuff, where it's very easy to get the margarine stuff. Mm -hmm. And the buttery puff <laughs> pastry is so much more joyful than the, um, the margarine stuff. Um, I love so that. It's the, joyful. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way I can describe it, the joy of butter. Um, the joy yeah. of butter. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the name of this this weekend's <laughs> podcast, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm a I mean, I just get through so much of the stuff. I really do. I love it. Mm -hmm. I think my wife is desperate, you know, is often desperate for a sort of light salad. It's like, oh, no, no, we've got some buttery, <laughs> heavy cream kind of... You know. <laughs> Delicious. But, yeah, that's how mm -hmm. yeah. Do you have a favorite bake from the show? Do you have one thing that you loved making, were very proud of, and stands out in your memory? Ooh, um, yeah, I guess there are kind of two, probably two, I mean, Two dishes, really. I mean, in some ways, the 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 Charlotte Russe, the Victoria's Crown, that was, um, you know, that was kind of one of my favourite moments. Um, and actually, it was, yeah, A, because of the bake, but it, it kind of resulted in one of my favourite moments from the tent. Well, two things, actually. One, it was the longest challenge we did, so it's five and a half hours. Oh, wow. And I was the, I was the last to finish. And the last bit involved putting all these little silver balls along victoria's crown um and uh, so basically everyone was just watching me put these little things on there and i got to the end and stood back and then literally everyone in the in the tent gave a round of applause it's like oh that's really Aww. cool that's really nice but then paul and mary they would do a sort of take a turn if you like a, around the tent before the sort of official baking just to kind of you know have a quick eyeful of what what was coming 
And um, I always remember as, as Mary walked past my bench, uh, I just remember hearing her muttering under her breath, God, blimey. And uh, it's like, <laughs> great, I'll take that. That's all I need to hear. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of cool. And then the chocolate well. I do, you know, I was, yeah, I did like that one. That was, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was, yeah, a lot of work to do it. Um, and, you know, the first practice one took four days. So it's like, right, I've got to get this down to four hours. So it was kind of, um, it's quite a challenge to um, get your head around and tempering chocolate and all that tricky business as well. Mm-hmm. But, Definitely. Um, yeah, I guess I like Okay, I'm yeah. sure our many, many listeners would like to know what happens when you have a five-hour bake like that? Is there a, a time where you can use the restroom or have a, a snack or a drink or something like that? It just seems like such a long time. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I it's funny. I can't remember going to the to the bathroom at all in any of those <laughs> at some point though. And but I do remember for that five and a half hour one, they're like, "In you got to sit down for or all of us. You you know you got to sit down and have some lunch or whatever." And then they would they would bring uh, sort of sandwiches and snacks um, to the bench that we so they, sort of, they stop uh, the clock for you at that time so you can eat. No, they no, don't stop the clock. Thing. Nope, nope, no mercy, no mercy. So, I mean, I remember I did eventually, I mean, they actually had to look in, you've got to sit down just for a few minutes. So I did. And then oh, I can't remember what happened. Something got too cold or something got too hot or something like that. It's like, damn it, I knew I shouldn't have sat down. But it was funny how five and a half hours. Yeah, like that. You're like, whoa, where did that go? Um, but obviously it's a, yeah, it's a good chunk of time. It is. But um, yeah, yeah. So. And- is it true that you have to call someone over every time you open the oven or put something in or take something out? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Now that's kind of one of the crucial shots they always wanted was, yeah, they'd always say something about, you know, let us know when you're about to put it in or take it out of the oven. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I did manage it. There were times it's like, right, no one here. You're, you're all busy. I'm just cracking on with it. Sorry. You're just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, that was, mm-hmm. you can kind of imagine for a baking show, that was obviously a crucial bit. So you see it going in and coming out again. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we've wondered, why are the ovens on the floor? <laughs> why are the ovens <laughs> on the floor? Yes. <laughs> why? So <laughs> you say that, because I mean, I look at my oven, it's, it's about the same height as the ovens in the tent. Mind you, that's really? because everything's quite low in this kitchen. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably for similar kind of reasons. So you can see over all the kitchen from, yeah, across the whole tent, basically. But uh, yeah, those complicated mm-hmm. ovens. Oh, yeah. It's a very um, polished show. It's very produced. It's really clean and nice. I mean, it's very cinematic. It looks beautiful and everything. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask, what... Some of the bakers wear some very casual clothing and I know that they, I've read about the continuity for the, you know, weekend wearing the same thing. But when I watched Mm -hmm. the final for the 19th time the other day, I'm realizing they have you come and present to your, to everybody and you're wearing your dirty aprons and it's such a weird, there's some little detail things. Forgive us, forgive me for picking into this, but I thought I said to Lisa, like they're standing up there on this international show and they are making them wear their dirty aprons that they just, you know, yeah. 
sweated for hours and hours and hours. Do you have any insight into the look of that particular? That's interesting. I've, ne- I've never thought about it. And I've still, what's nice, I've still got that apron um, upstairs in a bag. Aww. I should have <laughs> down before I started doing this. So I've kind of got all the, all the things like the molds that I've made for making things, but also got that, that dirty apron that everyone on the show signed as well since then. But it's still got Aww. things like the the food dye from so the orange and green food dyes from making the carrot cake uh, on there as well so it's funny it's almost like you almost don't think of it as dirt you kind of think of it as like a badge of honor um and the yeah the more chocolate or whatever you've got on yourself that means you've really got stuck in there and um so yeah it never sort of certainly never occurred to me that uh, I should be concerned at all about wearing a, a dirty apron. <laughs> and they were by the end often. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, li- I like that. I, that changes my look a little bit. Oh. I'm not washing my aprons anymore. It's a badge of honor. What have I started? <laughs> wow. Well, this has been so much fun. I know you need to walk your dog and go pay attention to your daughter, but we cannot thank you enough for joining us here. It's such a thrill for us. You know, it's, it's such a, obviously it's such a lovely show to be a part of. Um, And I never, I never tired talking about it. I really genuinely don't. Um, So it's, you know, I have to say it's really nice. You know, as I said, it was nearly six years since we filmed the show. Um, So it's, it's, it's lovely still to sort of talk about it and to, yeah, to feel people's enthusiasm, your enthusiasm for for it. Um, so, no, thank you, really. We never lose our enthusiasm, and both Allison and I, you know, we have stressful lives, and we turn to the show as a balm for us. It's just... It's just so comforting and everyone is so sweet to each other. The music is light. The whole vibe mm. of the show is, is so good for us. I think it's good for yeah. our, our world right now. And we're just so thankful. Yeah. We're thankful for it. And thank no. you so much for being with us today. No, well, thank you. No, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure talking it all over with you. <laughs> I hope it, hope it inspires you and others to um, you know, make some lovely things from scratch. Of pastry. (laughs) Of pastry is my next challenge. I'm going to send you a picture when I make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, do that. Mm -mm. I'll send you my recipe for how I make it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, see what you think. See if that maybe helps to convert you. (laughs) I'm I'm sure I'll still buy it every once in a while, but I will absolutely give it a try for you. Good, good, good. Excellent (laughs) stuff. Wonderful Thanks, stuff. Then. Well, yeah. thank you so much for having me on and everything. And um, Our pleasure. Yeah. It's been great yes, fun. Yes, absolutely. Take care. Thank you very much, everyone. We're all done and dusted. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Soggy Bottom Girls or connect with us at SoggyBottomGirls.com. And may all your bakes be worthy of a Hollywood handshake.